Hi, my name is Jessie, and my fun fact today is that I watched the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, and now I will mark my life as everything that I knew before I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, and post Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is a very glowing review of this movie. I feel like I have to check it out now. You definitely have to check it out. I still think you should watch After Yang. After Yang. All right. I'll, yes, you mentioned that in a previous podcast. I'll have to check that out mm-hmm. as well. I'm Googling everything. All right. My name is Winton. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm Winton. My fun fact is that my favorite type of dip is like any dip with like a Chipotle flavor. It adds an extra spice. That's a hot take. Is that a hot take? Why do because people love ranch so much? I okay, yeah, here's my other fun fact. I don't even like ranch that much. I feel like it's like eating eating flavorful. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but you you know what I'm about to say, flavorful fill in the blank. All right. <laughs> That's what I think about ranch. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the podcast yeah, now. Right. I am very excited to get into this story today. It's got every it's got a little bit of everything for everyone. Yeah, you know, the thing about this story is I think that I have read this and told maybe i started it and never finished it or i started it and completely forgot but definitely i have seen part of this story somewhere my phone is freaking out all right there we go you've seen part of it Interesting. yeah i just googled asian american woman stories and this popped up and we've also uh, we we're continuing our streak of terrible men. <laughs> this story, yes. trash men. Are we? Did we start the podcast yet? Is that? Oh yes. I mean, we can. We don't that have part. to. Yes. Okay. We started the podcast. Right. Then, but yes. All right. Do you do you want to tell everyone what we're reading? What we're reading, we are reading. A flawless silence by. Yi Yun Lee, in published in the New Yorker, sometime in two thousand eighteen, March mm. April twenty third two thousand eighteen. <sighs> yes. What Old is story. your two sentence summary of this piece? My two sentence summary is: there's a lady. And she is annoyed as hell by her annoying-ass Trump-loving husband and his annoying-ass creepy old guy from Beijing. And then at the end of the movie, she finally... She's right on the precipice of losing it. Boom. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. I was going to say that we are once again continuing with our streak of terrible men. I don't think there is a single good man in here. Maybe her son, maybe her son, but that's debatable since we don't know anything about him. And she also like doesn't really like him. So she uh, 
She um, mo- he moved away. So how good good of a son can he really be? No, we're just talking about if he's trash or not. Maybe he moved away to be like healthier or something. But no, he, he has doesn't no sound filial super piety. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, does that make you a bad man if you don't? <laughs> yes, he needs to have more respect for his parents and live at home and tend to their needs. <laughs> okay. Is that um? <laughs> is that saying that you you're you're a good man because you're yes, doing that? Exactly. Hey, to all, <laughs> not to use this podcast for my own personal gain, but to all our female podcast listeners, just know that <laughs> I'm a really respectable, you know, family first guy. All right, there's my Match.com profile. I love it. Yeah, yeah. To all of our uh, female straight uh, women who. Yes are who've who've already been hooked on winton's voice i can uh confirm that he is he's a great catch (laughs) yeah if you think the voice is great wait until you get a load of all of this (laughs) all right okay back to the literate literature okay back to it um okay so my two sentence summary is that there's a woman and she is just processing the choices that she has made throughout her life and this is prompted by these emails that she receives from this man that come often. And she's only met this man twice. This is now turning into more than a two-sentence summary. Um, okay. But the moral You're of the about... story is... <laughs> a lot of commas. Yeah. <laughs> the moral of the story is that she is just trying to get some... Find herself, find her agency, and uh, dealing with shitmen in the process. I agree with that. Yeah. Summary. You know, I tried really hard to not pick it up. I think, I think it's just a fact of life that we have to accept that men are trash, and any piece we pick, it's gonna, it's gonna be like men are trash. What else is there to write yeah. about, Jesse? But you know what? I am really waiting for the day that we get like a good one, cause it will come. There's gotta be some peace. I think it's also, like, limiting, right? Because we both have never read these pieces before, so we have no idea... Um, That's true. ...what they're going to be about. But do you think at some point we'd, get, we'd randomly choose one with, without a trash yeah. male character? But I, I have faith. Not. I definitely have faith in us. Who is this lady's um, Min? Men, 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 men. What yeah, I was gonna ask doing? what you what you think about her. Also, how old do you think her twins are? Didn't they say they're in the third grade? Oh, just kidding. Did they? Okay, I because I was trying to figure it out. Yes, it said on page four. It turned out when she questioned further that the day before, during activity called understanding the election results. The third graders had all written a letter to either Miss Clinton or Mr. Trump. Oh, okay, 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 good, good, good. Um, yeah, I think I just only looked on page two for it. Uh, those are some, they are some high-level thinking third graders. How old are you uh, when you're I in third grade? Third graders, eight years old. Oh, okay, never mind. They seem fine. They probably don't, you know, it's probably 
Because I don't get the sense that the other... What is it? Kevin? Kevin hmm. just likes Trump because his dad likes Trump. And he's like, oh man. I'm gonna be like my dad. Yeah. I, I was more talking about her twin daughters. Because the twins, like, they speak in a way that is, like, definitely the way a child would speak. But when she describes them, um, you know, like, how one of them, who's the dad's favorite, like, weaponizes all these things, uh, then I was like, oh, I guess they're, like, kind of, yeah. It's like, these are kind of calculating kids. But then I was thinking, kids are kind of calculating sometimes. I would definitely agree. These kids are pretty calculating. They know how to yeah. pull the, the string. Who Who is really in charge here? You know, <laughs> Min and Rich? The kids. Who's to say? Who's to say indeed? Who's um, to say? Also, I just have to talk about this. That the two chicks in the school garden, Pancake and Waffle, tell me something. Why do people love to name their pets after food? You know why? Because that is what they're for. Just kidding. I have yeah. a dog. I would never eat my dog. But <clears throat> there's something cute about, you know, you see your dog... And then you can you can pretend to eat their ear. You're like om nom 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 nom. Is that you, you like named a... your cat after tapioca? So you're okay. I I was gonna say I know that I'm being kind of like a little bit whatever here because my cat's name is I'm not hypocritical because massively hypocritical. I, I did not name my cat. My cousin named my cat. So his, my cat's name is Benjamin, which is like weirdly human. It is weirdly human. I don't like. I think human names for pets are worse than food names. And you have both. I was gonna say, um, yes. I know. I don't know because it's like. I don't know. How, this is so my fault for bringing this up. I I clearly haven't figured out my feelings about this other than I'm starting to think that pet ownership is unethical and I don't know. I, I don't know what pet I'm doing. Pet ownership's not unethical. They bring joy into our lives, Jesse. And they would yeah, be but, dead without us. <laughs> would they be dead or did we yes. just domesticate them and make them... Well, they serve chose, our emotional needs. They, they chose, chose to that? be domesticated because in the wild, <laughs> food is hard to come by. But they're like, wait, these stupid idiot monkeys will give me food if I just hang out and provide emotional support. Can't, can't, can't cats like never be fully domesticated? I have no idea. But that seems to be the case with all cats I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe before it used to be symbiotic, but now it's 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 questionable. You think you're using your pets as what emotional labor? Um, 
I definitely think about my, I think about, I give this an unhealthy amount of time and thought, actually, because I just think about Ben, and he is so dependent on me, and now I'm just so invested in him. I, like, just want to buy him patches of, I, I first of all, I want to redo my entire backyard so that he can just go out and lay in the grass, because right now he lays in the window, and I just, and, and he loves the sun, and this is totally my crazy cat lady coming out on this podcast, but I just think about, like, would he be happier? Would he have been happier if he was, like, out in the wild? Would he have been, like, you know, like, does, is he sad on a day-to-day basis? Does he like his life? Does his food taste good to him? Like, is he, is he, like, I don't, just, is questions. he happy? And I just, the like. big questions. I don't know, and I can't, like, get a read on him, um, and then I went to the vet, and now we're just, like, catching up at this point, we'll get back to, we'll get back to the story in a minute. Yeon Lee is very upset right now, she's like, god (laughs) damn it, I worked my whole life to write this beautiful piece, these idiots won't shut up about their pets and talk about my story, but no, you brought them to the vet. Yeah, I brought Ben to the vet, and I literally, like, asked the vet, I was like, so is there, like, a mental health screening you can do for Ben? <laughs> like, <laughs> they were just, they just, like, looked at me, and they were like, um, what? I was like, you know, is there, like, some, like, you know, like, diagnosis, some test? And they were like, well, you know he can't speak, right? And I was like, well, I'm just asking if there's, like, something. And they just, like, so and literally what they basically came back, and they were like, um we think that you like worry too much and then i was like should i be like sunscreening him if he goes in the sun and they're like there are no like really great sunscreens out for cats right now and i'm just like okay so in short i think way too much about this and this Mm. is all brought on because the chicks were named pancake and waffle tangent over i think you are a great cat mom jesse and ben Ben's life would be depressing without you. So you, mm. he brings you great joy, but you also bring him great joy. And you should just let it, just let it be. Don't overthink it. Yeah. I definitely overthink it. Don't overthink Truly. it. It's just a cat. You give him food. He gives you cuddles. Bing, bam, boop. That's... <laughs> But he's so much more than that. I mean, Jesse, if we really want to think about it that way, it's like, why are we friends with anyone, you know, in life? It's it's because we want, you know, something from them, whether it's like emotional support or to have a good conversation or have our brains be stimulated. You know what I mean? So anything in life is a transaction is like, you know. It's not purely altruistic, Jesse. So, I think I'm gonna have an existential <laughs> crisis right now. Yes, Jesse. Of course, yes. Of course, you get something from Ben, but it's the same thing from it for everyone. I don't think, you know. Yeah. You think people are yeah. friends with you out of the kindness of their hearts? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't think so. That's not Maybe true for me. Maybe they take pity on honest. me. That's not true for me. So. All right. That, I just had to okay. say that. 
right, back well, on track. But let's get back on track. I'll be thinking about this forever. Yes. I think this will come up again. <laughs> we can have a bonus episode where we talk about the ethics of pets. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. I yes, mean... Anyway. Okay, actually, on this topic of friendship, this actually does bring me back to something in the story. Like, nice. Great transition, Jesse. <laughs> Thank you. Do you think men actually like Sandra? Do you, oh, do you think men like Sandra? Sandra is Kevin's mom. Kevin is the Trump supporter who everyone's like, Kevin's an idiot for disclosing that he's his family is, you know, full of Trump supporters or whatever. But... I'm wondering, do you think Min likes anybody in this story, and does she like Sandra? And does it matter? She likes her her twins. Does she like Sandra? I mean, I would say if if Kim and Sandra met in college, they probably wouldn't be friends. But because mm. they're moms who go to the same school and they're on the, what, hospitality committee together, they have no choice but to be friends. They're friends of convenience. And so, so is Min's marriage, actually. Her whole life is of convenience, you could say. So yeah, you, Sandra you is just another that. example of that. Actually, I, I actually think that she does. The reason that I'm asking that is because, like, so many stories I feel like you learn about uh, characters by what they dislike. And I certainly think you learn a lot about Min in this way, too. But I also, this story is filled with so many things that she dislikes that I wanted to know if she did like anything. Um, Mm. And actually, I do realize that I ended up uh, underlining this part where it said, Sandra reminded Min of her mother, who, though widowed young, had never lost her fondness for storytelling and had always been quick to laugh. So I guess she did like Sandra for that. I also she don't... just reminded her of her mom. Yeah. Yeah, she just reminds her of her mom, so maybe she liked her mom. She, I think she did like her mom. I think um, so. What are you going to yeah. say? You don't, you don't something. Oh, I, I was going to say that I, I, I don't know if she likes her twins. I think she likes that they're <gasps> smart. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a hot take. Look, listen, are she literally openly said... you being a child hater said, right now, Jesse? Let me tell you something. My stance on children is very complex, but in this story in particular, she does not like her kids. I mean, l- really? Listen. She literally said, uh, "She said I'm, that about I'm her oldest kid. She yeah, said she didn't she like Max." Said, yeah. First of all, she says she doesn't like her oldest kid, and then for her younger kids, the only thing I feel like she likes about them. Is the fact that, one, they have some sort of alliance tour where they, like, don't tell their dad stuff. And that's... And that's it. Like, she likes that one of them can outsmart the dad and that the other one keeps secrets. But then she was like, they're so good at reading. You can (laughs) like that your kids are good at reading and not like them. I don't know. I found the way the kids were, they were kind of endearing, so. I have a, but I could see Min is kind of dissatisfied with her life in general, so. Yeah. Maybe that just, you know, trickles down to her kids, whether or not the kids actually deserve that. A hundred percent, because, like, literally she was talking about, like, 
when she talks to her kids, she's like, she's supportive. She's like, yeah, yeah, that I could see that. Da 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 da. But then she's just like, whatever about everything. And she's like, shut the hell up. I got some other real shit to do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I feel like. And she. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like she. Now that you say it, I feel like she maybe doesn't love like her kids that much. She's more doing it out of obligation. Yeah. I mean, she had them because she was like, she literally says that she had the twins to try to save her marriage, which yeah. I don't know never if works. anyone on this. Yeah. Like it never works. That for me, I've never understood that logic. It's like we may break up. Let's do something that will permanently tether us together. We'll have no it's like, choice. Like what? I mean, I guess if you feel like you love someone that much and you want to be tethered to them, but it's like I just don't understand. I don't I've never understood that. It's a very dramatic move. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. Um I feel like, um, I wish, you know, I don't know. I don't like Rich too much, her husband. kind of wish he would just die. (laughs) Like she was saying, like, do you ever wish your thoughts, you could think so hard and kill someone? I was like, yes, I hope that about Rich, because he's being really annoying. Yeah. I mean, her husband is terrible. He's just like a Republican tech bro. He's like the worst type of person. I mean, like, it's for me, like, that's part of it. But, like, the way he's described is, like, okay, this is, like, literally the description used for Rich. He had married her because she was not the kind of woman who would use strong words. <laughs> and then he's he says... feminist. Yeah, and he says things like, the longer a woman's hair is, the shorter her sight is. I don't know, what's that supposed to mean? Was Ariana Grande blind then? You think you think she went triple platinum without a plan, Rich? <laughs> yeah. And he says I mean he's like any I wanna say it in a slightly comical Asian accent, which I can do because I'm Chinese, so don't <laughs> at me. Anyone who does not set his heart on getting rich should be ashamed of himself. He wrote in another, especially in America. <laughs> he's so like I don't know. He's just so. He's not even like that interestingly terrible. He's just kind of like boringly awful. He's like, I support Trump. I don't care about my wife and kids. I just want to be a douchebag kind of. Not even like yeah. that. Who is it? At least Mark. <laughs> Mark from. The... Which, I need a public, I need, yes, apology to the listeners for not editing the podcast. But at least Mark, who is in a yet-to-be-released podcast, he was interesting to hate. Rich, I don't even feel like, I just like kind of, you know, I'm just like, yeah, you suck. But there's nothing really interesting to say about him. Wait, wait, wait. There are so many terrible guys. Mark is the Mark is the, the car who, guy. No, Mark's the guy who had sex a lot. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The car guy. Her butt honked the horn. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Yes, the butt honking the horn. The image that sticks out... See, the image that I remember Mark for is... Um, disappointing Val in the, oh. uh, in the moving oh, in the, situation. in the mattress? Yeah, and just I also remember that. Just splooging on the floor. Like a, yeah. like a like a sad POS. But even <laughs> but Rich Rich, he wouldn't even have he doesn't even have a like he's not even interesting he probably doesn't even have, you know, sexual intercourse with his with men because he's so boring. I mean clearly they did. Uh they have That's three true. three eight, kids. Eight years ago. Yeah. I mean it's just like, and it's so why he's just like silently sinister. Do you know what I mean? Like, at least yeah. Mark gave some credit to Val, like in the most like baseline way. But the fact that like he just tells his daughters like, "Oh, you can't know what we're like. You can't you can't possibly comprehend what we're talking about." You know what I mean? Yeah, very condescending, rich. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's because I'm just not a parent yet, and maybe, I don't know. I guess, I guess I wonder, do parents, when they fight, tell their kids, like, I'm fighting? Like, if, if it's initially private, or, I don't know. They probably, probably depends on household to household. I would say the mm. mass major- majority probably keep their fights, actually, I don't know. I yeah, I just saw a very open display. <laughs> so I'm just like, hmm, do, do parents usually hide that from their kids? <laughs> Hashtag it, but you know, it's childhood trauma. So when you're all yeah. living in the same house together. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a question for you. What yes, do you think the point of this piece was? The point of this piece, besides men are trash, is... I don't know. Maybe, like, don't settle. Because I feel... I get this. She probably, like, you know, she kind of settled because she was afraid to tell the old Asian guy to go to hell way back when and then she was like oh I gotta marry rich now so I can move to America which mm. I can understand yeah, I'm not trying to blame her because she was in a very tough situation and right but I get this feeling that if Min could have done it all over again she would have done it differently so maybe that's the point why do you think then like that the author starts off with talking about trump and politics and things why that's a good question maybe just because it's such a clear like dichotomy of opposites Mm. like is there anything else in society where two sides are more like against each other than politics it's just like, and it's also typically like you know, I feel like that's like like a number one rule of 
co-parenting is not to discuss politics. Really? All I remember is my fifth grade teacher. She was a Democrat and her husband was a Republican. And she was like, yes, we don't discuss politics. It's bad for your children. Oh, okay, wait, pause. Do you think you could be with somebody who didn't have similar political ideologies as you? Um, I think it depends, but it could definitely be a red flag if, like, they, that we don't see the world. We have different values, you know? If it's like, oh, I think taxes should be higher, whatever, I would be like, okay, whatever, I don't really care. But if it's something like, Mm. you know, oh, abortion should be, you know, abortion should be illegal, that would be a big red flag, you know? Yeah, yeah. This piece definitely made me think about that, and I mean, I've I've thought about it in the past, and I just, I don't know. I want to say that I would be, like, open-minded to trying it, but I think, like, long-term, it just, I don't know if it'd be sustainable for me. Because, like you said, like, yeah. there are some fundamental differences sometimes. It's just, like, another data point, you know? The same way you, I wouldn't date someone if, like, you know, I don't know, if they were, like, explicitly racist, even though it's not, like, political, per se. But it's, like, I think a that's pretty political. Okay, let me try because it's not political. If, like, <laughs> okay, if they were, like, if they were, if they were, like, really mean to, like, if they were, like, an in- in charge of a bunch of employees and they were really mean to their employees i'd be like what was going on here yeah if you're like say we're at like dinner and you're rude to the wait staff like that's an automatic no for me yes exactly even though it's just another data point but yeah yeah mm. also apologies to the listeners if you can hear my dad talking on wechat in the background <laughs> Oh, I was I, I was gonna say one I I can't hear that so maybe our listeners can't either. But I was also gonna say apologies to our listeners if you just hear a mournful cat crying in the background over here. Please, why would you That's, leave me outside like this? <laughs> That's tapioca. He he like he just gets a lot of energy at this time, um. So he likes to come and just jump on me, um. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I also wanted to ask about, I literally have like six sections. Okay, that's an exaggeration, but I have a couple sections where I just wanted to hear your thoughts about it. So the first one is on page, I literally, okay, let me see. It's one, two, three, it's on page four and it says, uh, was there any good in sharing with Sandra that both of their husbands had been among the 20% in their country who had voted for Trump? Humiliation would not bring people closer. And so I was wondering, do you think humiliation, does does it bring people closer? Does it not bring people closer? Did you have a thought about that? I don't think humiliation brings people closer because... It's so humiliating, you wouldn't even ever want to bring it up. You know, it's just like a humiliate. 
if me and someone else are humiliated at the same time, I would never want to mention that incident ever again. But what about um, what about cancel culture? Then, doesn't does that does doesn't that like operate off of someone's shame and a collective being brought closer together to witness this person sort of like downfall and shame? Cancel culture. Well, that's like if someone else is humiliated. I mm. think if you want to humiliate someone else that could be it's like a common enemy sort of thing you know but if you're the if a, you and a bunch of other people are being humiliated well i don't know i guess you could bring you could feel like oh it's us versus them it depends i guess yeah i don't know just because i also was thinking about sandra and min and like Min does feel some type of, like, sympathy or something towards Sandra because because of this, you know? Like, she can't relate because her kids said, you know, we're not stupid and we're not going to tell anybody our dad voted for Trump. But, like, in some way, I do think that, like, she was able to understand Sandra, even if she didn't say anything. Well, I Um, agree that, yes, Sandra and Min... Or bonded in their in their husband's idiocy. Yeah, yeah. I just I just thought that was an interesting interesting statement, and I didn't know whether or not it was true, and I still don't know. That's a very think, writerly sentence. I think humiliation might bring people closer. Honestly. I actually, you know, sometimes I think that shame and humiliation just make people very defensive. And I would say that's definitely true of, uh, like Rich and whatever Kevin's dad's name is. Um, I agree strongly that it makes people defensive. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they think that they have anything to be humiliated or ashamed about. Like, clearly they both have their particular things. Which is why I'm still, you know, the whole structure of this piece seems so important. And it just makes me wonder, like, what is the tale she's trying to tell here? Um, I don't know. I think the tale, the main antagonist, is as old as stupid ass Chinese guy because he mm. sucks and no one no one likes him and she's basically the reason he's basically the reason her whole life got ruined yeah once again this is one of the pieces that I just read too late that I just like still am formulating thoughts so I'm just this is like in some ways this podcast is like therapy but for like me figuring these things out because like when i hear you say that i do think the antagonist is um this old man right but i also think it's about so much more than that and i think the politics have to come into play it's about it's about entitlement and it's about entitlement it's about uh women it's about the whole world and everybody in the story not wanting women to succeed. It's and 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 in some ways, you know, I feel like that parallels like Trump um you know. And I think it's about 
uh, you know, just, like, asking ourselves, like, what are women supposed to be like? Like, what is a palatable woman? And, like, do we ever root for her? Yeah. That's an interesting, because to me, the, the politics were, like, more just, like, a side thing. Like, I think, like, I feel like the main story was this dude and how awful, this old man and how creepy and weird he was. Yeah, but I think, like, that in itself is a politic, right? Like, he preyed on men wanting to be sweet. He preyed on her and expected her to act like a certain type of woman. And that's certainly political, you know? That's true. That is um, true. And he banked on her playing by these quote-unquote rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and to support this a little more, it yeah. was like this. There, There's a sentence. I don't know why it didn't print out my page numbers. Um, But it says... Max and Rich had a fraught relationship, but they viewed the world similarly. For both, failing to calculate the price of every move in life was a character flaw. Not mm. taking advantage of someone else was a sin. Mm. Also and I, that. Yeah, and I think about that when I think about men, because the old dude took advantage of her, you know what I mean? And then she internalized yeah. that as a character flaw. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't like Max now. If Max is anything like his dad, then not taking advantage of someone was a sin. Damn! How cold you have to be to really. Yeah, to think like that. To think like that. But then again, Rich was like, "Hey, if you don't get rich, the only point of being in America is to get rich." Right. Yeah, it is it is sad. The men the men in this piece are so sad, all of them. I I actually I like You know, usually I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and try to understand where they're coming from. I can see where the men in this piece are kind of coming from and I just really dislike them. Like I it's very hard for me to give them understanding and grace. I agree. We should have renamed this podcast Men Are Trash. <laughs> and then all, but also, like, yeah, think about how much brighter, if it was just Emmy and Deanna, Deanna and Min, this, they would live such an awesome life. Instead, all these bozos <laughs> are dragging them down. I guess maybe yeah. also Trump, okay, now that maybe Trump and Clinton it was included because, you know, Clinton is a woman and Trump is a man. Yeah, it's that's simple. what I'm saying. <laughs> as as simple as that is, it's like, oh, Trump won. So men, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. everything is catered to men in this story. And exactly. And like, why did he win? Because not taking advantage of other people was a sin. Yeah. You know, Hillary's hair was too long. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't trust her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, I've been asking a lot of burning questions, but I think my last burning question for you, um, is, 
the author says, can you love a person without liking him? What are your thoughts on that? Can you love a person without liking them? I think technically it's possible, but I haven't really seen any real world examples of that. Like, I guess Mm. if you, you know, if someone's in your family, I think family's probably the easiest example of that because I'm sure there's lots of people who dislike members of their family, but they're supposed Mm. to be family so that they feel like a familial obligation to love them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see There's... some very powerful mm-hmm's coming from you, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think mm-hmm's. that. <laughs> no, I think that's true. Um, and I think that. Oh, where's my book? And it gets me to another one of our favorite sections, which is who is this in conversation with? And. Who is this in conversation with? I think that the line that you literally just said um, reminds me of this line, which I'm going to find in this picture that I took of this book and sent to my friend. Okay, it says... um, This is from the book Happiness as Such by Natalia Ginsburg. Um... And then it says, I don't know why I feel that way, but not everything a person feels has to have an explanation. And to be perfectly honest, I don't believe that obligations should have explanations. That's why. So that's what that reminded me. Yeah. So I think. Very interesting. I don't know. For me, that line is in conversation with that because sometimes love is full of obligations and sometimes you don't like doing them but you just do them and whatnot so that's my very loose line to these two things i mean that's what this whole piece is about because min felt like she had an obligation to do all these things and now she feels kind of stuck which is unfortunate Mm. yeah did you have did you have any burning questions? Did you have uh, any thoughts on who you think this piece is in conversation with? Burning questions. My burning question is just what is up with this old dude? Like he's been texting her for like 20 years or something basically. At some point <laughs> you just got to be like, dude, he's she's not responding. Was I I want to know what the frick is up with this guy? Okay. For me, it totally made sense. He's been emailing her for 30 years. But <laughs> for... it And without any response, right? She hasn't ever responded? No. Yeah, never. And he just keeps sending her all these, like, pictures and all this, like, weird shit. Yeah, for me, that made sense. I was like, that's such a man thing to do. It's like the... F- because it's the fantasy for him like it's the fantasy that she is still this good girl who is like this quote-unquote like good girl who's scared of him or or who's who like idolizes him who like you know had to depend on him for her dreams and whatever like yeah and 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 that's that's what it is for him it's for him it's this power and i think she crushes that when she says go to hell at the end um 
And I think that's 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 all it is. I agree. I think also part of the piece is about like basically Min is like I don't know why. She was probably just raised to be like always pleasing people. That's why yeah. at the end she's like, Oh, she's gonna write in a large font that's gonna be easy for him to read because she can't like mm-hmm. help but wanna please people. But then she's like, Wait, that's stupid and then she's wrote go to hell. So I'm glad that Min I hope Min divorces that's my other burning question. What happens after the piece ends? I hope she divorces Rich's bum ass. Gets all of his money in the divorce settlement and gets the kids and Rich has to go back to China and be super poor and be one of those fat dudes drinking beer and smoking. He's so afraid of being. Yeah. The thing about Min is like she was before she had the twins, she wasn't even worried about that. She was like, I don't even need his money. I'll just do this part time job. I'll just make it because like Exactly. This dude sucks, so I also hope she divorces him. I also think, like, that part about her, you know, like, why did she do all this or whatever, and her blaming herself for that, it's just, like, that is such a real thing. And she even says it, like, Min had grown up thinking she was born into the role as a flawless daughter, and someday she would be a flawless daughter-in-law, a wife, and mother. There is this, like, just once again as as i kind of like have said earlier this uh, this pressure i think that is put on women to be so uh palatable in in a certain way and i and i seriously think we've seen it in all the pieces as much as we've seen all these men being terrible we've also seen the women characters who are who have all these societal expectations imposed on them like even nicole Mm. where they're like you're gonna get married to him and she's like and she was like teacher don't you think i could be a good wife like you don't want me am i not smart enough it's like what you know societal expectations yeah yeah i don't know i think yeah she's men in the past at least definitely was buried under those expectations she didn't even really have a chance to figure out like what she wants to do in life because her only yeah was she to was get 19 married. her only point in life was to get married to someone in america yeah sometimes i find myself doing that in my writing like a, like some of my characters will get married or whatever and i'm just like am i perpetuating something <laughs> but maybe it's also because like i've felt that pressure too and i'm like super young but like mm-hmm. i definitely had people tell me like hey you're like aging out and it's like what <laughs> you know yeah um, well that's dumb men don't get that same expectation put on them yeah i know y'all just be pumping kids out when you're like 90 uh, the patriarchy yeah sucks we have to dismantle it brick by brick New Yorker story by New Yorker story. <laughs> yeah, Winton, you gotta write about like just you, you just write a bunch of stories about women leaving these like bum ass men. Yeah, I'm gonna continue all the stories you read. Just be like, 
And then Nicole went to college and she totally, she realized she was actually a lesbian. And she dumped whatever his name is, bumass. Val, she dumped Mark's bumass. Everyone's just dumping everyone. Yeah. Well, Val did. She got married to someone who she yeah, loved, I guess. Good um, for Val. I hope you do. I wonder if that's a Wattpad section where they just take New Yorker like stories and New Yorker keep going. Fanfic. That's an interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting concept for a genre. <laughs> Wait, that's an incredible genre, Winton. I think I just unlocked something. I think that um, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. If yeah, you're listening to this, I don't be- steal our idea. <laughs> no steal our idea i want to see i want to see some new yorker fanfic but just give give winton credit for it yes exactly give us credit um wait did you say who you thought the piece was in conversation with who do i think this piece is in conversation with i don't even know tbh i haven't really read articles from a perspective like this a chinese lady who moves to america with a Trump voting husband. Yeah. Uh, I only dig deep into my very shallow literary knowledge to see if I can come up with anything. The only thing that I can think of is I keep imagining Min as the mother from Turning Red. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she can, it can be, I can see that. It can be in conversation like that. Um, You know, I'm also thinking I've never seen a piece like this before. And I guess the closest in terms of like stylistically or content that I would say is maybe it's in con, uh, it's in conversation with Mia Alvarez Esmeralda. Um, Pray tell. And Explain, Jesse. Yeah. So Esmeralda, I think that's what the story is called, is from a short story collection called In the Country uh, by Mia Alvar. Um, and I hope I'm saying her name right. And that story is about... Uh, she's a cleaner. Um, oh, I feel like I'm about to spoil the entire story. She is a yes. cleaner, and she like falls in love with you know the person whose office she cleans um (laughs) and it's basically just you know about her relationship as a custodian to this person who she's like kind of in love with who's like very kind to her um and just about her you know dynamics of being in america but also like her identity is i i think i think she's filipina um and then I'll just also say it also the story also has to do with nine eleven. So mm. there's like a lot of interesting moving parts and, and that kind of reminds me of this just in the fact that there's like yes. something political entwined. And in that story it's like very tied everything is very tied together in this story kinda like it's it's not as directly tied together like it's not that story is very explicit in how everything is tied together this story is more like i feel like you choose how explicit you want it to be right yes um 
but I think for those reasons, I would say those these two stories are in conversation. Mm. That's a great example, Jesse. And another story to add to my reading list that I'm making no progress on. Yeah, you should definitely toast. I'm telling you, toast. Should we should we do toast next week? We could do toast if you want. I I love that story. I loved that short story collection, making nice. I think I finished in like a day. Um, It was really good. Actually, uh, no. Let's let's keep doing stories we both haven't read. But tell me when you finally read Toast. Yes, that can be a bonus episode. Bonus maybe a bonus episode. And a bonus episode on Toast. Toast. Yeah, I like that. Um, Were there any lessons that you took away after reading this? Any writerly lessons. Or just lessons in general. Any lessons? Lessons? Just don't Literally. be afraid to say go to hell if you don't <laughs> if you don't agree with something or someone. Because I think that, like I said, I think if Min could do it all over again, she probably would have just told the guy, the old Asian guy, go to hell, and she would have told Rich go to hell. Mm-hmm. And then, Maybe her life would be different. So yeah. I think that is the mo- that is what I'm going to take away is that you gotta stick up for yourself, and not be a people pleaser all the time, not to blame Min once again. Yeah, I mean Min was very much operating in her survival mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about what about writerly techniques? Writerly techniques. I feel like this piece was pretty like plainly written, not not in a bad way. You yeah, know? it's kind of remind me of the fir- of Nicole's ankles in the way. Mm. Well, Nicole's ankles are a little more showy. Right. This one was not very showy. It was more about yeah. the plot. So I think that's a. There's always a fine balance to walk as a writer between stunting on these hoes and mm. not having your writing be too distracting. So I think she definitely tried yeah. to not distract from the plot, and I think it worked. It worked. Mm. Yeah, I think one thing after reading this uh, piece that I'll be thinking about is... I think a writerly technique, and I'm not sure if this was intentional or not, was that this piece very much centered on a theme. And that theme... Yes. Men are trash. Was... <laughs> yeah. Um, but that theme was definitely shame. You know? Yeah. Men, men feel mm-hmm. shame. Sandra yeah. feels shame. Rich and Chuck do not feel shame. Um, The old man does not feel shame. And I think it just kept, you know, coming up. Even in the teacher who told them about, you know, the the old men who are shirtless with the stomachs folded over their belts and and the beers and the wives. You know, like, it, it even says it, like, if your parents aren't ashamed of you... I assure you, your children will be. Like, this whole piece yep. just 
everything encapsulates this the debts that are owed the obligations you feel so i think the writerly technique is maybe one day i will choose a feeling something shame happiness confusion whatever and i will just try to see if i can have a character embody that emotion in all these different ways because i think that's exactly what this piece does that was a very deep intelligent reading and now i feel very bad for min but hopefully hopefully the ending is her turning around her shame yeah and she has no reason to feel shame that's right um she's awesome yeah min is min is the bomb but i get it i get it i feel for min she i was do in survival mode yeah, she was. She was scared. She was 19 and just trying to do the best get for everybody America. and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's the writerly technique, I think, and the lesson that I took away. Nice. Also, favorite word, buster. I love buster. the way she used that. It's they served on the lice lice buster team oh yes that was such a great that was like ooh, lice that was buster. good i loved i love the i love buster and that's that's probably my favorite word my favorite word was affliction even though i can't find it right now but yes talk about buster no no, no i'm dead talking about buster that's it i just liked it what what was your favorite word affliction because i feel like writers ooh. use that word some succeed others fail yeah, two people can't remain in their separate afflictions. I hope for Yes. I just love that word in general. I say that a lot. Affliction. The human affliction. That's what yeah. we should start saying. Um, lice of Buster. It's great. Like, yeah, Lice Buster. And, and Broody. I love that. Broody, um, yes. Broody just sounds like what it means, you know, like. Mm. Rudy. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, those are my favorite words. Nice. Um, and our our uh, our closing thing. Does it stand the test of time? Is it iconic? Does What's it your New York Times? Yeah. <laughs> Does it burn your literary loins? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think it's iconic. It was interesting. But it was just okay. It was an interesting piece that made you think about some stuff. I think the problem is like, uh, I don't know. It just yeah, it just didn't feel like time, like iconic. You know, it was like just yeah. There's no like iconic moment. It was just like kind of all these shitty thing, all these small moments that mm. built up to an image of shame. But nothing that's really going to stick in my mind. Yeah. I think... Unfortunately. Yeah. I was going to say for me, <laughs> like I said, I think I have read part of this. <laughs> and I've and never... Didn't remember it. Damn. <laughs> sorry. We're sorry, Yi Yun Lee. But... I will say this. I mean, like, when I re-re- when I read it again, I mean, like I said, I don't know... In my mind, I can't remember if I finished or if I started or whatever. It was memorable that it, 
you know, I, I remembered it. Like, I remembered the way that it, the whole Trump uh, situation. I will say, I don't necessarily think the whole piece is like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to ever read this again in like 10 years or whatever. Actually, I'll just say, I'm flapping too much. Here's my final take. My final take is when I want to go back and see a writer who explored a theme like this and had a character embody a single emotion in these different ways, I will go back to this piece to read it. Even though this piece did not particularly speak to me in any way, like I wasn't, you know, like the other pieces I was like either like super moved or like I had a very visceral reaction this to me is like a slow burn where it's like like i'm gonna go back to this for technique not necessarily for plot yes very diplomatic answer jesse and i agree with your assessment yeah yes it has good tech it has very good technique of capturing an emotion without saying and then min felt very shameful yes you can tell yes Yeah. yeah And so I think it, this piece de- burns my technique loins. <laughs> Your technique loins. Yes, I'll give her, I will say that as well. And we also think Yi Yun Lee is an awesome human being. And you should buy her book, Tolstoy Together, 85 Days of War and Peace with Yi Yun Yeah. I mean... I I just I'm very interested uh to know more about her. Um Yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh, wait, hold on. I I'm I I forgot to present this for our internet search. Um she content warning suicide. Um She tried to uh yeah she she apparently had two suicide attempts oh damn sorry to hear that youngly yeah glad she made it through to write this piece though not that that is defines her self-worth yeah, I'm. I'm fascinated. She received a MacArthur. Um, She's a baller. And then she says, "All these things in the world are not enough to drown out the voice of this emptiness that says you are nothing." Wow, it's very. <laughs> Whoa, and her. Yeah, I guess much. Oh, she has a memoir. Hmm. We're gonna have and to. Is... We're gonna have to look into Yun Li and read all her. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, stuff. I'm fascinated, and like, I guess you know, just reading this stuff on this Guardian article about her, about uh, where it says, what does it say? It says much of the memoir circles around Li's desires on leaving China for uh, to be free of her controlling mother. Um, da, 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 wherever she is, escape will not be possible. That sentiment of escape will not be possible. Maybe that's okay. Adding back mm. something that this 
little outside information um has now made me realize is just how much of a container this story is do you know what i mean it is so the structure of it is so unbelievably contained and i just think about this title now too a flawless silence flawless and what that means like dang she she does have control like i said this really burns my technical loins like the, the, her technique is impeccable cuz i'm just like this yeah. story is so contained it's and and i i don't know every character is just very precise um i don't know hmm yeah you're right the title is very interesting A yeah flawless silence yeah. Oh. Sh- oh. Jess uh, is sh- learning more and more about. I'm. Y- y- I'm y- learning y- more. She is um, an editor at the Brooklyn-based literary magazine, a public space. Mm. I just ap- uh, applied for a um, a fellowship there. Nice. <laughs> Maybe she'll hear this podcast and say, yes. "Not this girl." <laughs> no, we Yeon Lee is the best writer ever. This definitely burned my literary <laughs> loins. This was so awesome. Number one, I'm gonna buy all her books. Please accept Jesse. I think I will buy her books because I'm very interested in her technique. I'm not like I said. This plot, mm. I don't know. I don't know the you know. It's like. Mm, Eh. but the technique and and that's like what's so confusing to me is like usually when the technique is like very very good right the story like also moves me because the technique is so good i just don't know why i couldn't understand or get into men i mean i did get into her i but i mean i thought about her a lot but i just couldn't i couldn't necessarily love any of the people in here I don't know. Yeah, not even Min. She was kind of okay. Yeah, because it's like, you know, I think about Val. Um, And I was like ready to throw hands with Mark, you know what I mean? <laughs> Mark. Hmm. Ah, fucking Mark. And the professor and Nicole, like, even though it was a really whack situation, I, I wanted to see it play out a little bit. Um. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot bubbling underneath the surface of all these stories. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. It's it's fascinating. This story is fascinating. Maybe I'll think about it more and have some thoughts on it in the future. But for now, I'll just say it burns my technical uh, loins, which I guess is it, it can it can burn my literary loins. Yes. I guess. And please accept Jesse for the public spaces. <laughs> fellowship please <laughs> we will delete yeah, this mean, podcast and re-upload it with a glowing review of this piece this is fellowship. becoming so bad no I, not, I, that's not bribery though so don't disqualify I, that for bribery i stand by everything i said i would say this to her because i would be so i would just be very 
interested to talk to her about her technique and how she writes and and everything like this that's what it is i cracked it for myself voice i think i'm very drawn to voice and it's not that min doesn't have a voice is that min's voice is quiet and it's a different type of voice and i'm just more attracted to flashy voices and that doesn't mean that people pleaser yeah, and it, it doesn't mean that I, you know, think think less of it. It's just she's a, she has a people-pleasing voice, and I don't know. I just don't vibe with that as much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, well I think we did it. That is the podcast. Tune in next week when Jesse picks another article for us to read where men are trash. Oh yeah, you can totally hear my cat just scratching at the door. It's okay. Um, I'm sure my dad was, made a guest appearance halfway through yeah. the episode. 